this is Alicia J, and this is the Work in Progress podcast. I'm so excited. I hope you guys love the intro. Um, this is just going to be something that we listen to weekly to grow, learn, empower, and improve. And today I'm so excited because I have with me one of my besties. No, she's my bestie, y'all. <laughs> I have my bestie with me. She is an amazing woman. She's throwing it up right now. Y'all can't see it. (laughs) Amazing woman. She has her own company that she started from the ground. I'm talking the ground up candid art. It is beautiful. I wear it every day. You'll see it all over my blog. Shoot. I wore it all over the show too. She's also in my giant life with me. So her name is Candace Cox. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so we're probably going to be laughing most of this podcast just to give you a heads up. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so we just watched the first episode. And let me tell you, we were on the ground rolling, laughing. It was hilarious. Right. It was so funny just seeing ourselves having like real dialogue and... It's like we're kind of acting, but we're not. <laughs> right. But we're like really having dialogue. And it was just like, oh my God, look at me. This is what I'm saying. This is what I sound like. It's crazy. <laughs> it was so funny. It was so funny. And the thing is, I really, truly have real friends that are going to be real with me all the way. Shoot, they want to get me prepared for whatever's up next. <laughs> so as you can see um, in the episode, we talked about a lot of things and they were all hilarious, all true, and all us, to be honest. There was not one moment. Right. In that episode that I didn't think we were being real at all. Yep. So, and that's what I strive to do in everything, not only in the show, but in life. So one thing that's really real is starting your own business. Yes, indeed. Which you did. Um, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about Candid Art? Cool. Um, Candid Art, wow, it's crazy. Um, it was something that I never, you know, like some people were like, oh, I always wanted to be this and I always wanted to be that. I can't say that I always wanted to be a jewelry designer. It just kind of came and fell upon my lap. Um, when I lived in New York and Brooklyn, shout out to Brooklyn, my second home. Hey, um, so basically it was literally like a conversation with someone and, um, I've always been a creative soul and I was in corporate America and I felt super stifled and I just wasn't happy anymore. So I literally quit my job in corporate America and moved to New York. I was living in Oakland, California at that time. And then I moved to New York. Let me, let me stop you right there because what I want you to explain is what got you to that point. Why did you say, Hey, I'm just going to quit? Because I think a lot of people, I know me included, are kind of stuck in a situation where they're comfortable or they know that money's coming in, but it's not necessarily exactly what they want to do. Right. It's not exactly in their purpose. And they're just afraid to make that jump. So what made you do that? Yeah, it was just, it really came down to my happiness. Um, at that time, you know, I was making good money. There was a lot of perks with my position. It was a very good job. But that to me, the happiness outweighed everything. And I had like a lot of days where I was feeling really sad and I'm not, as a norm, I'm not really a sad person. So it was kind of like, I'm not really digging the way I'm feeling. And I felt like because I was in this corporate environment, I wasn't able to be really creative and express myself. And that's something I've always done since I was a kid. So for me, it was like a no brainer. And then living in New York was always a dream. Like it's one thing to visit New York, but I wanted to live in New York. So I was like, if I live in New York, I'm just, that. that's like checked off my bucket list. I just need to do it. And then I was in a financial position to do it. You know, that is important. (laughs) Like I knew that if I didn't find a job right away, I'd be able to pay some rent for a while. So it was like, okay, 
let me just go ahead and make the move. And it was just out of frustration. And one day, my, I think my manager asked me to do something. And then I looked at him and I was like, I quit. <laughs> and I was like, I'm out. And then I just made it all happen. And within a month, I was in New York. Um, and then I found my place within a week. And I was living in Brooklyn. That was it. So... All right. Well, that is beautiful. Shoot. I wish we all had the audacity to just say, you know what? I quit. How about that? Sometimes you got to. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out that you were in a financial, um, you know, place to do that. Right. So I'm not, did you just save up or how did you, was that planned? It wasn't. I just, I've always been kind of frugal with my money. So I did have a lot of savings. Um, it's funny because it wasn't ever like, oh, I'm in a plan for New York. I just happened to have the money. I was actually saving for property. Let me take that back. That's what I was going to buy, which is still one of my little regrets. I was going to buy property in the Bay Area before I moved to New York. So I was saving up money for like a nice large down payment and just having money to, you know, like, you know, obviously I got approved for a loan and just have money for the house. And then I looked at like 50 properties, like it was crazy. And then I just kept looking and it was just like, man, I just, I just need to leave. Like I, it was just, I, I just wanted to leave. So I happened to have money. I was saving up for that. And then I used that money to live on. Now, if you didn't have that money, would you still have said to your boss, I'm out? Um, no, I'm gonna keep it 100 because the end of the day I had real bills <laughs> and you know, you have to pay for yourself at the end of the day. Like, you know, you have to live and survive. So it's like, Unless the only way I would have done that if I already if I would have had a job lined up in New York because okay. I wasn't even looking for work and I was getting called for interviews but I wasn't looking for work in New York I just wanted to kick it so had I had a job lined up I still I would have said peace because at that okay. point I was kind of fed up even without a lot of money saved up so it's like if you have another job lined up yeah then you you know you know you're gonna your money's not gonna stop flowing versus for me it's like I didn't it didn't matter it was like I just want to stop it so your step of faith would be. Like kind of like a plan when you want to make sure that you're landing on solid ground rather than just saying, you know what, I'm going after my dreams no matter what it is. Yes and no. It's weird. It's like, it's like, yeah, you want to be on solid ground, but I also have known people who did just go out on their dreams and faith and didn't necessarily have a lot of money saved up, but it all worked itself out. Um, it's definitely more risky, but, and I thought, but for me, it just wasn't, it was like, okay, if I can financially pay for myself, then I could. I can bounce and that's exactly what I did. So, okay. Well, yeah. it definitely worked out in your case. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your path of entrepreneurship? You know, what is positive, negative, um, some hard times, some good times. Definitely. Um, entrepreneurship is difficult. I'm not even going to lie. It's a lot of things that I wish I would have known earlier. I wish I would have had like a mentor in the fashion industry, particularly in jewelry, starting off in the beginning. Cause there was a lot of money I wasted. Um, there are certain things that you feel like you need, like I pay for PR and I, I wasn't even ready for PR yet. Like I, it was so many more things I needed to establish my branding and getting out there into the world and doing shows. Um, it's definitely, it's difficult. And a lot of it was trial by trial and error. Um, but it's weird. It's like after doing it for years, like what is it, six and a half years now, you know, like you, you get the swing of it <laughs> and it starts to pay off. And then you realize you can pay all your bills and still kick it and do things. And this is what, and you're doing your, what you want to do, your passion and what you set out to do. So it's definitely a lot of steps. Like there's things like, um, business loans that are available. Like I probably would have took advantage of that, you know, in the beginning, like credit was popping, you know, all that was great. And even though I was like, I have my own money. I really didn't have to use my own money and I probably shouldn't, you know what I mean? Right. So it was like, you should have just, it was things like that, that I wish I could have just took advantage of the financial backings. 
uh, and invested more in the product and invested more in doing events and shows and invested more in like trade shows, which I had no clue about. That's the other thing. It's like, I realized in this industry, it, it's not a lot of African-American women. It's not, a, it's not a lot of black women doing jewelry. That's really successful to be quite honest. And mm -hmm. I wish I would have known things because I would have done trade shows earlier. Um, trade shows is basically an event where you go to and you're showcasing your work to buyers at various boutiques and stores and museums throughout the United States and, and around the world. And you're like showcasing um, your product and then they decide what they want to buy for their store. And you just kind of um, go from there. And so you get the, you set up the account, you give them wholesale pricing. And it's just an awesome way to get exposure around the United States and the world. So I wish I would have done that earlier. There's a lot of little things that I'm like, it wouldn't have took me so long to do. Um, but my hustle and my business savvy, you know, I'm still going to, I'm going to go hard and grind out. And I asked a lot of questions and I did a lot of research to understand like what can make me more successful in slinging these jewels. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to see you grow and to see where your business is now because it's booming. Thanks. You are, <laughs> tell them where you're at now. I mean, the new museum, the museum is amazing. Yeah. So thinking of trade shows, I, I happened to invest in the trade. So, you know, it is a big investment, but I took the risk. And at that time, the the Smithsonian, the National Museum of African-American History and Culture in D.C., it was a year out from opening and the GM just happened to be there. And he came up to my table and he was like, wow, we like your jewelry. I'd be interested in maybe having you in the museum, in the store. And I'm like, oh, wow. OK. And at the time it was like, oh, it's kind of a big deal. But it wasn't I wasn't really tripping off of it. And then it was like a year in progress. I had to send them samples and, you know, back and forth emails. And then finally they were like, we approve you as one of our designers. And that was like a major accomplishment because not only was it in a, one of the most beautiful museums I've ever seen, it was in the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. So it was just really special um, to be one of the selected designers to be carried in the museum store, which I still am. And it'll only almost be a year. It'll be a year anniversary next week, which I'm like kind of juiced about. That's amazing. That's not, and I'm still, I can't believe it's been a year. I know. That's it, They opened up like, what was that, September 26th? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So next week. Well, I just know from watching you that you're just in such a beautiful place right now. And I know that you said there's some things that you probably would have changed, but looking back and, and seeing where you are now, um, what do you think about your path? Is that... No, the path was definitely a learning experience. It was great. There are still things I would have changed in terms of the business. I never would have changed moving to New York. That was like the best experience ever. Like I said, Brooklyn, I'm, I'm an Oakland girl. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Born and raised. But Brooklyn was definitely a second home. It was, it was just beautiful people. I was inspired totally creatively by the culture. I would have never started my business had I stayed here. I'm not even gonna lie. Had I stayed in Oakland. Like being in Brooklyn was just the creativity, the hustle. It was just dope. So it's like I thrived off of that energy. And that's, I think, what made my business kind of start off with a boom from the beginning. Like I was in New York Fashion Week my first year of launching my business because the designer saw my work. And they wanted me to do all the jewelry for the show. And then it went from meeting like celebrity stylists, did a couple celebrities, um, it was a lot of stuff in the beginning that I was like so overwhelmed, but I didn't understand how to really take advantage of those opportunities. So yeah, it would just be, if anything, it'd just be investing the money and investing more in the business in the beginning, but everything else was like, I'm happy kind of how it flowed. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your honesty. I think a lot of people, when they tell their story, they just tend to tell all the positive parts oh, yeah, no. and not talk about, <laughs> you know, things that they would have changed and improved on everyone's story. Right. has like a high and a low. Right. Well, actually a lot of highs and lows. And 
I'm curious, what is the lowest point of your path with your business? Um, yeah, I was broke. So <laughs> it was a part when I was in Brooklyn and I remember my really good friend, we used to, um, she put me on Airbnb because we, we would rotate each other's houses and, and try to, like, I was trying to do Airbnb just so I could make some money to pay the rent. And literally I was living paycheck to paycheck, like on some real paycheck to paycheck. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie, credit cards got maxed. You know, it was like, damn, my, my beautiful financial history, you know, like corporate checks and all that good stuff. That was out the window. So it was some hustle moments, like real hustle and grind. You know, EBT car was getting slung around. You know, I'm <laughs> shit was real. But, you know. Not for that car. Right. <laughs> but it was real. But it really, it humbled me a lot, too, because I had always, I had, been, I had a good job for so long and always had money flowing that it was just, I never saw really the other side of life, of the real struggle and hustle when you're trying to make your dreams come true. So, you know, like it was some hustle moments and it was like, I was around some really beautiful people that helped me out when I was in New York. So, you know, the grind was real, but it's like, I was able to, once it's like, I can't remember like when the click happened, I think it was when I moved back to the Bay Area, to be quite honest, um, because I noticed that money, it was more money to be made in terms of supportive local designers out here. And that's when I started being able like, oh God, I'm making enough money. I'm starting to pay off bills. I'm starting to, I can pay rent. Like I can do this. And this is, okay, I might could live. <laughs> I know your New York experience was great, but I kind of felt like your business took a shift when you came back to Oakland. Definitely. Would you agree with that? And why do you think that was? A hundred percent. Well, because number one, it was harder being in New York because I didn't have a car. Um, getting around to shows was very difficult when you're trying to bring your displays and your jewelry. So I didn't do as many shows. Um there was support for local designers, but I just felt like the Bay Area, this is where I was from. So I had way more support. And in the Bay Area, there is such a great appreciation for handmade and local designs. That is like, as soon every time I would come home, I always made like a good amount of money when I did like different shows or events. And it was like, damn, this is really, this is more profitable. And on top of that, I was getting a little homesick in Brooklyn. As much as I loved it, all my family and most of my friends lived still in the Bay Area. So that also made me, give me a boost of confidence and energy to kind of go harder on my business when I came back home. So it really just kind of catapulted my business into another level of like the grind is real. And that's when I was like, I'm going to do trade shows. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I was able to stack my money and um, so, so yeah, coming home was definitely a good look. Well, I know I personally enjoyed it. Because I know, I miss you. Me. I, I miss you. I know. <laughs> and then we could do lake walks and stuff. No. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we talked about a low moment, but what was your most successful moment that you can think of during your journey? I mean, I know we already talked about it. Smithsonian was definitely one of my, my um, highest points because I was able to um, go to the opening weekend. I was able to see my work in the museum and they even had like a description of my business so that people know who they're buying from and how this designer creates. And so it's like a little of my story. So that was just like the really exciting moment to be in such a prestigious um, museum. I, it's weird, but then it's like also my high point even though it wasn't a money thing, with being in New York Fashion Week, that was dope to me. Like my first year, and like all my family came out too. That was the other thing. Like everybody came to New York. A lot of yeah. people had never been in New York. So everyone came to New York to see my work going down the runway in New York Fashion Week. And that was dope. Um, this designer, Adrian Alisea, 
And it was just awesome because I was like, and then that's when I started getting a lot of stylists contacting me. And I was like, oh shit, like people had seen my work and they're like, who is this new designer? Who is she? So that was like those two moments. Like I'll just never forget. I was at the fashion show, like, oh yeah, that's me. And so it was just dope just starting off when when I started off making earrings from a YouTube video to like, oh shit, I'm creating some stuff that are that is being sold in stores and around the United States. So started off making jewelry from a YouTube video <laughs> to establishing an amazing business right. that you have that's far reaching. People love your product, they love your brand, everyone loves your brand, it's far reaching and it's only going up from here. What can you tell people that want to do that? What advice would you give people that literally want to do something else? They want to step away and they just need that push. Do it. <laughs> and I know it sounds like that. It sounds easier, easier said than done, but you got, you literally got to do it. And there's, di there's definitely different steps you can take that maybe won't cost you as much financially. The cool thing is like, we didn't have the whole, uh, Kickstarter crowdfunding loans back when I started my business. It wasn't, they, well, they did, but it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big thing. Nowadays, you can kind of start a business with nothing by doing either Kiva Zip or Kickstarter or GoFundMe or Indiegogo, you know, and you can use that money to, to start funding your materials. And then you start off small, you make small batch materials, you, you set up an Etsy page. Etsy is always a great start because it's just, you don't have to do a full-blown website if you don't have the money. You can just start adding your products on Etsy and just start sending it out to friends and family because those are my first supporters was friends and family. And then you just kind of see what people are drawn to, what are they buying, and then it just kind of starts spreading. And then you use social media. When I started my business, Instagram wasn't even, I don't think popping, it wasn't even available, I don't think. So it was like, you got Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, you got all these social media sites that are free marketing that you can use to really kick off your business. So it's like, there's definitely ways to do it. And and if you're still working, and I would definitely say continue to work, but but still be pushing your business on the side until you, you're able to quit and you're able to just pursue it full time. Full time. And I know as a creative, it's hard to work another job and be creative because I couldn't have done it, to be quite honest. My mind has to be completely free to create. It couldn't be like like tied up. So that that is a, it's like a catch-22. It's like you kind of got to balance that, but um, you definitely can do it. Like people just have to be, have, like step out on faith, take more risks. Everyone's kind of caught up in the status quo and become very complacent in their current position and you just can't. You just got to do what you want to do. You want At the end of the day, happiness to me is the most important thing in life. So, Amen to that. Yeah. Agreed 100%. And speaking of happiness, you have something that is baking right now in the oven that is going to bring a lot of happiness. And it's also going to bring a lot of change to your path. Oh, my goodness. Um, Candace is pregnant. Yay. Little baby girl. Yay. Daya. <laughs> yes. She is on her way. And... I think a lot of people, you know, when they tell their story of pregnancy, they leave out some things, you know, I know for me, you know, oh, it's great. It's so beautiful. And it is, it's absolutely beautiful, but I'm sure there are some things that are difficult Damn it, so. <laughs> Yeah, about it. And, you know, we'll get to those things, but what I really want to talk about right now is just, you know, how did she, um, become on the way? Like how, how did she, uh, start being built? Um, <laughs> you know, I don't need all the details, um, of that specifically, but I, I'm just saying your, your path of pregnancy, right. um, you know, it's a story in itself. So why don't you share it with us? 
Cool. So yeah, I'm not gonna, so yeah, I'm not gonna lie. So I'm I'm 36 years old, and it's crazy because for me, I always envisioned myself. I was like, I'm gonna be an older mom because there's so many things I still want to accomplish in life, and I want to do. And this was not a planned pregnancy, you know, like this kind of, not kind of happened, you know, it kind of happened, but it started off with me. It's crazy. Taking my first vacation that I ever had in seven years, me, Alicia, and a couple other folks, we went to Cuba yes. um, for the first time last year. And it was an absolutely beautiful experience. I never experienced anything like it. And we were there for like two and a half weeks. It was dope. And I met this dude. And for me, so anyways, you know, long story short, I ended up getting pregnant and it was like, I'm not gonna, I was completely shocked, like, cause I had never been pregnant. So I didn't even know if I could get pregnant. And then me being pregnant was just like, this is so not a part of my plan because I had been very strategic and how I live my life and very strategic and like the men I've dated or just how I handle my business. So when this happened, I was just like, oh my God, Candace, what the hell? But so then I, you know, after, con you know, thinking about it, contemplating the whole entire situation, I was like, it was meant to be, I always wanted to be a mother. So, you know, I was just like, let me just let it happen and, and see, see what happens. And so I let it happen and I'm excited to say I am expecting a little girl literally in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> she will be popping up. She is like sitting there extra belly extra juicy and she's just ready to ready she to come out she says belly extra juicy but she looks beautiful <laughs> and hardly gained any weight or anything from behind you wouldn't even probably know she's pregnant oh thanks so yeah I'm no just... it's, she's been a good pregnancy i'm not gonna lie like i've heard pregnancy stories and i never got morning sickness or anything like that and so the, so the main thing for us at this point like for my boyfriend that's in cuba is getting him over here so that's a whole nother process and chapter in terms of getting him to united states because you cannot cuba does not allow for the people just to come to united states on free willy willy nilly so it's like a whole process of paperwork we have to go through right now that we're doing um, and hopefully finalizing that so I can get that turned in so he can begin his process of coming over here. How and, long does that process take? Oh God, it could take anywhere. I've heard from like four months to a year Okay. in terms of once after you've turned in the paperwork to get someone here from Cuba um, on a fiance visa basically is what we're doing, which, you know, you're engaged. So now it's like this whole night, literally 90 day fiance. <laughs> and so it's like that whole process. And so- Shout out to TLC. Okay. <laughs> literally and so it's like that whole process um so that's what i'm you know so it, was, it could be a little stressful it's like dealing with that and i run a business and you know it's like you know the beautiful thing about having someone here with you they can rub your beat your feet and your back and do all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff and by the way let me just say real quick alicia has been so great <laughs> she's been coming to my birthing classes and she has taken some for the team okay for real <laughs> Listen, I couldn't let you go there by yourself. You know what I'm saying? And I've learned a lot. I have definitely learned a lot. Um, you know, there was some massaging involved. And, you know, I did take one for the team, but I, I would do that for you any day of the week. Um, yeah, she definitely. I, I know how to give a calf massage now and um, maybe a foot massage. I don't know. I'm just going to keep it real. But listen, that's, I'm, a, I'm your friend, dude. Like, no, but I greatly I, appreciate that because you know you're seeing all these I, couples in the birthday room. And I'm sitting there like, oh, well, yeah, that's gotta be hard. Like, with me, but yeah. well, I still want to learn the information. <laughs> well, that's gotta be hard, especially yeah. when you love someone and you know they would be there for you, right? But you just can't have them there. That right. that has to be so frustrating, right? It is definitely frustrating. We've definitely had some frustrating moments. 
Um, and then with the language, like, you know, he's, his first language is Spanish, mine is English. I can't say I'm the best Spanish speaker. He's definitely better, like, English, like, you know, speaker than me in terms of, like, him learning English. But he's still working on his English. So it's like that has been a little difficult with communication. But it's like I think it's going to be a really beautiful thing once he gets here. So I'm really looking forward to him getting here and us raising our daughter together and having this beautiful family. Um, and I want him to for sure be a part of her life and make sure he gets his citizenship eventually and will always have access to the United States at the end of the day. Like that's the most important thing for me. So um, it's more important than, than being together. You just want to make sure that he can be here for your daughter. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, I do. Definitely. Because even, you know, you never know. We, we know each other through this, like, Cuban experience of love and romance and beautiful blue oceans and yummy Cuban food and music and salsa. And then there's real life where you like, here. we got some real ass bills and I'm going to need this baby to be raised a certain way. And, and then he has to get acclimated to being in the United States. He's never been here. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a whole journey in itself. Um, but I think, um, but I got to work on my patience. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> I'm glad that you, you just said that statement. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I know I've always been an impatient person. I'm going to Aries, you know how we do. So but it, I think it's, sorry to interrupt, but I think it takes experiences like this to kind of bring out some things within us that we do need to work on. Definitely. No, it does. It's got, it's, got, it's even changing my perspective, even internationally, like on people that have to come, that are coming here from other countries and what they have to go through and why, why is it so damn difficult to come here? You know, like, why can't we make it easy? Why can't their country make it easier? Mm -hmm. Like what's like, even just understanding the immigration standpoint of things. So it definitely makes you, it's like become more humble, but also have more sympathy and more like compassion for other people in other countries. So, you know, it'll be dope to see what happens when he gets here and then, you know, she'll be bilingual and, you know, just have the love of both her parents here. So, yeah, I'm excited. Like, I literally been working up until the minute. <laughs> the grind has still been real, running a business. I am not closing no shop or anything while I'm on a brief maternity leave. Yeah. Um, it's just... Well, there is no maternity which leave is, when you run your own business. Right. Yeah. Technically, I'm saying maternity leave, but really there isn't because I'll probably still be checking emails in between breastfeeding and trying to get sleep. So, you know, thank God I do have some production, like a, a production assistant going to be making the jewelry, but... I'm still going to be running my business. Like the grind doesn't stop because at the end of the day, bills got to get paid and the baby's on the way. So. There are some things that you did learn as someone who runs their own business that you can utilize when you're pregnant. Can you share some of those with anyone out there yeah. that's pregnant and has their own business? Right. So I did learn we, we can get real maternity leave. The Okay. So basically through EDD, it's like, it's called um, the disability, it's like part of the disability act. And basically you could apply for unemployment as being self-employed and you would get six weeks they take an average of your salary and they kind of break it out and that's what you'd be getting paid like i think a check per week however what i didn't know and i found out is that you have to apply for this in your first trimester so no more than three months and then you can qualify obviously i didn't know that so it's like i don't think i will be able to get it even though i'm still going to apply i might get the money later like back pay but it's great to know that we can make money yes. as an entrepreneur. We still can also get maternity leave through the state of California because yeah. they have that money set aside for us through the disability, um, through, through EDD is part of the disability, um, claims. So if you are like getting pregnant or already pregnant, it is not too late. If you're within your three months, basically your first trimester, 
you need to apply so you can get that money when baby comes. Yeah, so. that's a great piece of advice because yeah. I was blown away when you told me that. I said, everybody should know this. Right, and no one, it's like no one really knew. We, those entrepreneurs, like like this other girl, her, Pastavia passed on the information to me, which was like, oh my God, I'm a researcher. But even then, we didn't know that you had to do it within your first trimester. Right. So. Well, now you know. Yeah. Great piece of advice. I, I'm going to ask a hard question just because I feel like we learn and grow from things that aren't necessarily easy. Mm-hmm. What are your fears of essentially being a single mom? Right. Well, it's, it's financially. <laughs> That's always a fear. Like, will I have enough money? Will I be able to give her everything that I've always wanted for her? Like, I just, not to say I want to spoil her, but it's kind of like, I really want her to have everything she wants. Like, being able to have, like, if she went, like, enroll her in classes and experiences and things of that nature. I don't want her to have any hangups with men. Um, growing up, I did, I was raised with my dad. So it's definitely an instrumental part in your life. And so I don't want her to have issues dealing with men, maybe because if for some reason it takes longer than, than I think for him to get here. So I just want her to be a well-rounded individual. So those are like my fears. And then just like the the struggle is going to be extra real when it's one person versus two. So it's like you work even harder versus when someone's there to support you. You guys are both bringing income. There's both like, there's this support too. So those are my fears of not having that support and being overstressed out and overworked um, and not giving her all the attention that I know she desires because I will be working. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say those are my biggest fears. Well, I'll say just for me, you got a village around you, girl. Like you do, you have a lot of people that are going to be here. I know it's not the same. But we're here to no. help you. But what are you excited about? Like, I'm excited about the new baby niece. I, I know. know that. <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, this sounds like a whack, I know. But I'm super excited about the girl fashion. Yes. <laughs> all of that. I'm excited about starting the Mommy and Me line that I've been procrastinating on and having like a little girl and mommy matching jewelry sets and little like a mommy version, a little baby version or a little girl version versus the mommy version. I can already think of so many people I'll buy that yeah. for. No, it's so many people already know with little daughters. And so it's going to be... I'm really excited about that she's like pushing me the baby's definitely pushing me to get that started um just having a little baby like having you know something called you mommy like raising a human to be just like a dope individual in this world so i'm like super excited about bringing like some some good energy human energy into this world love it because i feel like i'm gonna do a good job and i do have a really dope village like they said it definitely takes a village Uh, to raise a child and I definitely have one so I'm very very blessed for that for me one thing I think about when I think about bringing a child into this world is just the state of our world right now (laughs) man whoo lord Mm. um if there's one thing you could change if you could only pick one thing to change about this world before you bring your baby into it what would it be that is a very difficult question because there's so many things that need to be changed um Trump shouldn't be the president. <laughs> that's a great one. I mean, especially with him even trying to change the way we travel to Cuba now, like that's going to be her second home mm-hmm. technically. So that might affect us to a certain extent. Um, so him being gone, <laughs> obviously, you know, the, the, the we're in a capitalistic society and drugs and, and war and all types of shit that you don't want your kid to be exposed to. And even like, Today's society is, it's like a little bit different. Like kids are growing up super fast. It's super fast. Like TV, they show everything. Kids are exposed to like all this violence and sex and all this type of stuff. And I just 
don't want her to be, I want her to be a kid for as long as she can be a kid. And technology, to be quite honest, I wish it wasn't as advanced. I'm not going to lie because kids get stuck playing video games or being on Instagram or social media when they could be outside old school playing and building relationships like the old school way, right. like we used to do it. And so I, I hate that she's not going to experience that because she probably will have her little iPad or whatever. Right. And it's just like, because you want them to know technology, but then it's like, I don't want you to miss out on real experiences in life because you're trying to take a picture or you're trying to do things. It's like, no, just be a kid and play. Right old school outside. It's like you don't want them to get left behind right. because of technology. You don't want them to be behind that way. Right. But you definitely want them to experience real things. Right. Where's the balance? Right. So I got to figure out that balance with her, like to make sure like we'll do like activities outside, but also you'll do some technology, but you won't always be on your laptop or your cell phone mm -hmm. or whatever. I wish I wasn't always on there. Right. I'm trying to change that myself, <laughs> let alone with the kid. No, for real. Yeah. Well, I'm excited, Candice, and I want to thank you for sharing your story. Um, is there thanks anything before we go that you want to say? No, just, I mean, number one, thanks for having me, Alicia. Talk <laughs> Holla. Work in progress. Hey. I love it. Hey. Um, you know, thanks for inspiring me and your vision and how you're, like, doing your dang thing right now. I'm so excited for the next chapter in your life. So I'm, like, thank super you. rooting for you as a fan, as always, and a friend. Um, and just for people who are thinking about just, just taking a risk, like doing what they really want to do, just do that shit. Like, it's not, yeah. no, it's just like, just do it, man. And I know it's like, oh, easier than said than done, but what's the point? It's like, people go to work every day for like 50 years or 40 years. Like I think about my parents' generation and it's like, you're not even that happy. And it's like, you do it for the sacrifice. You sacrifice it for your kids and I get it, mm -hmm. but it's like, you need to have your own happiness in life too. And, and I feel like this world would be such a better place if people did what they really love to do. Cause people wouldn't be angry as much. They wouldn't be as mad. They would be actually enjoying life a little bit more because they're doing what they're supposed to do Amen. in a purpose. So there is joy just, in living in your purpose. Definitely. Absolute joy and freedom in living in your purpose. A hundred percent. So and friend, I would say one of the reasons why I had you on, not only because you are my bestie, hey. but also because you do inspire me every day. Oh, and I'm not just saying that because you're across the way from me right now on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm saying it because you do, I mean, your fearlessness. You just going out there and getting it, um, how you've handled your pregnancy. Shoot. There are people laid up on the couch all day. Not that it's wrong because I know people feel differently, but you just get out there. You do what you got to do yeah. at all costs. And I just, I just admire all of that within you. And I know everybody listening will too, because you know how I feel. We're built to tell our stories. Definitely. And you, and you got to be around like-minded people. Let, let me make that point too. Like I have dope friends. Like my friends are dope as shit. Be, and a lot of us are like-minded because you need those type of friends that are encouraging you and being there for you to have your back versus like some hater ass friends. I'm just, you know, sorry. just need to say that because my friend is so dope. Like at least it's like you got, you need those ultra positive encouraging friends because that's because you can feed off each other and you guys and everyone thrives. Like, I agree completely. Just, yeah. Completely. When you have a tribe of people around you that aren't judging you, they're just there to support you, right. cheer you on. We all win. True. All of us do. Everybody. For sure. Winners. Okay. <laughs> so thank you, Candice. And thank you for listening to Work in Progress. I can't wait to share more of this with you. And I know that you were empowered and you definitely improved by listening to the story. So until next time, I will talk to you soon. Work, 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 work.